Welcome to the Unstoppable CEO Podcast. I'm your host, Steve Gordon. And in today's episode, I'm not going to share a marketing strategy with you. Sorry about that. We're not going to have an interview. We're going to do something, I think, completely different. And I think you're going to really enjoy it. Um, there's something really important that I want to discuss. And I really can't wait. I've seen this crop up with too many entrepreneurs, uh, with you know, with lots of clients over the years. And I think this is one of the keys to being unstoppable. And so we're going to spend some time on it uh, together together today. It really drives me nuts watching this. And this is the major roadblock between you and getting the result that you want. It exists in everyone. And so right now, I want to make sure that we focus on this. You don't need that new marketing tactic. You don't need anything else. But if you conquer this one thing, you're going to be able to operate, grow your business and achieve your goals in ways that you never dreamed possible. What you need is an ability that I'm going to describe as we go through this episode. And I believe that there is a, an epidemic among business owners and you may be suffering from it too. Its symptoms are really easy to spot. You may feel confused. You may feel like you've had a lack of progress, like you're feeling stuck at the same level for long periods of time. Uh, you may experience it as indecision about your next steps or delay or procrastination. You may experience it as intense frustration around your business. All of these are symptoms of a much greater, more dangerous disease and a disease that is guaranteed to keep new clients far, far away from you. In fact, they'll often know you never exist. The disease is no confidence. See, no confidence keeps you from pulling the trigger on a new marketing piece or a new business strategy until you tweak it one more time and one more and one more and one more. No confidence keeps you from raising your fees. It keeps you from saying yes to the right clients and turning the others away. It keeps you from training your clients so that when they start with you, they get the most possible value from you and from your business. And instead you jump when they say jump. Worst of all, no confidence keeps you from grabbing the authority position that you must have to get out of commodity hell and really get out there and command premium pricing. So let's talk about how you attack this confidence issue. The key is attacking the weed at the root. Lack of confidence is the singular and ultimate roadblock for entrepreneurs. With it, every other obstacle can be overcome. Without it, you're going to be stuck forever. I've witnessed this debilitating effect with our clients from time to time. Some will have great confidence and we'll watch them implement new things. In fact, we were just at one of our elite meetings in Orlando uh, at the beginning of this week. And it's amazing to see what can be accomplished by a confident entrepreneur who knows where they're going and is doing some of the things that I'm going to share with you to achieve those goals. And then contrasting that with clients who are really struggling because they don't have the confidence to move forward. So I'm going to share with you strategies to quickly gain the confidence that you need to build it over time to exercise it as a muscle so that you can get those positive results. I don't want you to wallow like many do frustrated by their own inaction and really unable to move forward. And it's funny because this happens even when they can see the problem. They may know what the barrier is, but they just can't get past it. They don't have the confidence to move. And this isn't some like, woe is me. I'm going to lay down on the couch and, you know, 
and just wallow in, in the problem, you know, it's really easy to turn to somebody that's struggling and say, just, you know, suck it up and get going. But I, I don't think that really advances the conversation at all. Um, you know, to a degree, yeah, you've got to tell yourself that, but at the same time, confidence is a skill. It's a skill you can learn and you need to learn and building it can and should be practiced daily. You and I work in the future world. The job of the entrepreneur is unlike any other. Your employees work in today and in yesterday. They work from scripts that you create. It's a different world that requires honestly, very little confidence to operate successfully because for the most part, you're dealing for the most part, they are dealing with knowns. You've set up a system for them to follow. You've eliminated and boiled everything down so that, that every step they need to take is a known step for the most part. But you and I are inventing the future of our businesses and for our clients and in our own lives, we must conceive the future. Then we've got to figure out how to take that concept and create reality out of it. And rarely do you know all that you need to know or possess all of the skills and capabilities that you need to possess to create that new reality. You're most often dealing with unknown. You know, you put together an email campaign. You wonder, will it work? Is it the right wording? Is it the right approach? Is it the right strategy? If you're thinking about releasing a new book, you wonder, is it going to deliver the right prospects? If you raise your fees, you worry, am I going to lose business? And on and on and on. Your ability to take on the, the unknown is proportional to the level of your confidence. And it's funny, when you watch the way that other segments of society deal with confidence, probably the, the, at the highest level, the, the, the people who understand this the most are in the military. If you look at what members of the armed forces are having to do, they're continually thrown into situations that are full of unknowns. Most of the time, they're their only option is to push forward and push through those unknowns towards their objective or they get killed. So there isn't a whole lot of time for sitting around and, and deliberating about options. And the only way to survive is to have extreme confidence in your decision-making and clarity. And that's, you know, if that's missing, they're not able to move quickly and move forward. They end up dead. Now, if you look at what goes on in military training, much of it's designed to take away every bit of outside advantage. Essentially, they break the recruit down and they build them back up. And with each accomplishment, they're rebuilt, so to speak, and they gain confidence. So to the point that normal humans, you know, can't do some of the extraordinary things in the really extreme conditions of combat that members of the armed forces are able to do successfully. And I think a lot of that has to do with this idea that they are taken from the outside world. They're just like the rest of us. They've had similar experiences to the rest of us, but they are stripped essentially of that programming that they come in with. And little by little by little, they are given challenges and they overcome those challenges. And every time they do confidence increases to the point that they can act in these really crazy situations. Dealing with all of these unknowns requires confidence and hopefully you'll never have to deal with the kinds of unknowns that, that, you know, exist in combat, but the cure for it is the same. Build your confidence continually daily with small wins. You cannot get to the next level of your business, whether that means hitting hundred thousand dollars in revenue or a million dollars or a hundred million dollars without first going and growing through 
uh, growing your confidence through the things that, that you have to do at that level. Now, as you already know, you grow first and then the money comes. So this is one of those things you've got to work on first and then the result will come. Now, let's talk for a little bit about what kills confidence because I, you know, I see in often in our clients, when we see a client that, that might be struggling to move to that next level, we see some things that they do that erode confidence. And I'll tell you, it's like a muscle. Your confidence muscle needs to be exercised to get stronger. Like your physical body, you can destroy it no matter how much exercise you do by feeding it junk. So the biggest culprit, the biggest source of that junk is the words that you use on yourself. My friend and my mentor, Dr. Srikumar Rao calls this mental chatter. And your mental chatter can be really positive and confidence building, or it can be hyper destructive. It's your choice. It's your chatter. You get to choose what's going on in your mind. The only way I found useful in changing the tone and the charge, whether it's positive or negative of the chatter is to get it out of my head. You see, when it's in your head, you can't objectively consider that thought that's going on. You can't see it out outside of yourself. You're sort of consumed with it and you're a part of it. But when you extract it out and put it onto paper, it now exists outside of you. You can review it. You can consider it objectively and, and kind of hold it at arm's length and ask the simple question, is this really true? It's a simple, but very powerful question. And it's the only one you really need to call yourself out on your own BS. And yes, it is BS. That's the right word. You see, there's really no such thing as reality. Your reality is a creation of your mind. And, and my reality is a creation of my mind. The way that we perceive things, uh, you know, you and I can look at, at the same exact event, see it two completely different ways, have two different interpretations of it. Neither interpretation is real. We attach that perception to it in our minds. So if you tell yourself that you're not making progress, you're absolutely right. If you tell yourself that you're making great progress, you're absolutely right. Those are judgments that we put on our own version of reality. Now, the good news is you get to choose the reality you create. You've got that power. Now, I'm not saying to walk around with rose-colored glasses and ignore the challenges that, that are in front of you because they're there. They are real. What I'm saying is to change the way you talk to yourself about where you are on the growth curve, what those challenges are, the significance of them, and your ability to overcome them. You know, if you're looking at a new marketing strategy or a new deal and you're stuck and you start writing down those conversations that are going through your mind, the chatter is almost always guaranteed to be negative and doubt filled garbage. The more you get it out of your head and ask that question, is this really true? The easier it's going to be for you to identify where the real obstacles are and overcome them. It's never as bad as you think. Getting it on paper is the key to getting forward movement. I'm a pretty confident guy. My wife will tell you, uh, maybe bordering on arrogant, but, um, you know, I thought I had a good grip on these things. And then I went through a program that Dr. Rao puts together, which I highly recommend called creativity and personal mastery. It's a workshop he puts together. And I was forced to go through this exercise of writing down my own mental chatter. And I, I got to tell you within a month, I noticed a dramatic difference in my confidence level. And I thought I was already pretty good. So I want to share with you what I've observed in my most successful clients. 
And, you know, we've really had the privilege of working with some very successful business builders and some who are just starting or are struggling a little bit. So we've seen kind of both sides of this and, um, you know, and, and we've watched as people try and find that magic formula to attract clients and get going. And I feel really fortunate to have seen both because, and, and to work closely with both types, because it's allowed us to observe the the really very small differences between the two that separate them. They're very small differences, but they're significant differences. The good news is that changing them doesn't require a whole lot. And we're going to talk about how to do that in just a few minutes. Now, the most successful clients we've ever worked with have mastered their mental chatter. They are confidence machines. They're ever growing their own confidence. And by the way, they teach their teams how to do that too. So that their teams are always growing their confidence, which supports the entrepreneur. One of my first clients and a trusted mentor recently, unfortunately lost a battle with cancer and at his funeral, his number two in the business stood up, shared his memories of our mutual friend. And he said that even as the economy crashed and burned around them in 2008, 2009, 2010, he was never afraid because his boss and his friend exuded confidence. And yes, they did feel a big impact from the economy, but not nearly as much as others felt. And I believe that the primary reason for that is that the entrepreneur leading that business had the confidence to act in the middle of all that chaos and in spite of any fear he may have felt. As I said at the beginning of this episode, this is not a soft skill. This has direct impact on your bottom line, and you've got to take it seriously and figure out how to continually increase your own confidence. And Use the method that I'm going to describe in a few minutes or find your own, but find one. The highly successful entrepreneurs that I work with all have a way to self-develop confidence and it never comes from the outside. The ones who are stuck and struggling all, and I mean all of them, have a confidence problem. They allow their mental chatter to destroy any confidence that they get. And as a result, they get to a level of success and then they stop. And they're stuck there for good until they can develop that confidence that that they need to operate. And often they're looking to the outside for that confidence. It's never there. It's never on the outside. Some will never figure it out. And the worst offenders are going to hear this and they're going to beat themselves up over the fact that they haven't already done it, which is an enormous mistake. Everybody goes through periods of doubt and fear about what's required to grow to the next level. Even the very successful, they're successful because they do the little things that blow past that fear and they get the confidence that they need to operate at that higher level. That's why these little tricks that I'll share here in a few minutes are, I think the real keys to making big breakthroughs. And it seems like it should be harder, but it's really not. These are really very small things. Now I want to illustrate the importance of this with a story that I think you'll know. Um, everybody's familiar with Tiger Woods. He has gone through a tremendous rise into just stratospheric success and then a fall. And he's now at a state where he is barely mediocre in the, the golf world, in his profession. And I believe that both sides of that equation for him begin and end with his confidence. If you look at him, he was unbeatable on the golf course for a long time because his father, who was a formal, a former uh, special forces soldier, trained him from an early age to be mentally tough, to have confidence in any situation on the course. And because of that, he became the world's greatest golfer, maybe the greatest in history until it was discovered that he had some off the course 
destructive behavior. And that caused public embarrassment, which had to create a hit to his confidence. Would for anybody. His game instantly went into the toilet. And at that point, nothing had changed physically. Since then, he's had injury and some other things. But I think a lot of it really begins with the loss of confidence. Now, he's got the skills to be among the best in the world, which is why you'll see him have these flashes of greatness since the controversy first came out, since that first scandal. But it's very hard for him to sustain it. And that has everything to do with what's going on in his mind, not necessarily anything to do with his physical capabilities, um, especially a couple of years ago, last year or two, maybe he's got some, some injuries to deal with. But prior to that, um, prior to that, it was likely almost all a mental block that was preventing him. And, you know, that's cost him millions. And not having this skill in your business is likely costing you millions. Now let's talk about the impact of confidence on your marketing. Anytime you engage in marketing in any form, you're putting yourself out there in front of your audience of clients, of prospects, of competitors, colleagues, friends, family. And, you know, they all may look at your marketing and, and not like it. And the truth is they'll probably all, you know, you send them an email. Um, you're probably going to anger them all. They're all going to unsubscribe. They're going to send you an email telling you how much they hate you. They're going to blacklist you and they're going to put a pox on your house. You know, that's the, the chatter that often goes on in our minds. And I've seen business owners have something close to that conversation within themselves after spending weeks on a new marketing campaign. And then they're sitting there with their finger hovering over that, that launch button ready to go. And all this nonsense creeps back into their mind and they totally freeze. They allow that mental chatter to kill the confidence they had in the campaign and their own mind literally robs them, stealing thousands and thousands of dollars of profits from them without a gun. And if you're going to put yourself out there, you've got to work on your confidence regularly. It's required. So I want to share with you three things that together make up what I call the marketing confidence builder. The first and the most important is the confidence of intent. I'm a big believer in the power of purity of intent. If your intent is to prove, improve the lives of your clients in some way, and that comes before selling something, then your intent is pure. When your intent is pure, you can get away with a lot because your, your audience can feel the purity of intent. They'll overlook and forgive most all of your missteps. And we all make them if they believe you're acting in their best interest. And the good news is you control your intent completely. The second piece of this is what I call the confidence of value. Similar to intent, if your marketing is designed to create real value in and of itself, you can be confident in hitting send. You can get it out there because if you're delivering value in advance of the purchase, it's easy to blow off the few who will complain and be confident in the fact that you're benefiting many, many more. And the third piece of this is the confidence of cure. When your clients buy, do they get a cure to a significant problem in their lives? If they do good, you've got a moral obligation to give them the information they need to be educated and motivated to buy that cure. When you begin to market with confidence and with the conviction about the significant value that you offer, you benefit from one huge side effect. Great clients are attracted by your confidence. 
If you still need a reason to continually develop confidence, the very best clients you will ever find are attracted to you and your business by your confidence level. Humans are attracted to confident people. They, they want someone to lead them. They prefer people with confidence who have a direction and are willing to take action over those who lack confidence. Works in dating and romantic attraction, and it works in selling. Your confidence combined with trust allows someone who doesn't know you well to believe what you're telling them, to believe that you'll deliver on your promise of a solution. Stop and think about that idea for a moment. Think about the businesses that you're really attracted to, and I'll bet every one of them exudes confidence. The activities that you need to do to attract great clients, the activities that position you as an expert, all require confidence. To be seen as an authority and an expert, you need to publish regularly. When I made the decision uh, four or five years ago to start emailing every day about my expertise in marketing and growing a business, it took a ton of confidence. The few people that I floated that idea out to told me I was absolutely nuts that if, uh, you know, if I did it, I'd lose 75% of the people who were subscribed to my email list within a week or two. It was a big, big risk to me at the time. And had I not been confident in my intent, in my value and in my cure, I would never have pulled the trigger on it. And if that were the case, you probably wouldn't be listening to this right now. I probably wouldn't have much of a business because when we made that shift, it positioned us in a dramatically different way as a higher authority. Uh, now we don't still do that, but we've evolved our platform on from there. And you wouldn't be hearing this podcast right now if I didn't have the, those three steps that we just talked about, that, that confidence of intent, the confidence of value and the confidence of cure. If you're going to go out and speak to clients and share your expertise that way, um, you've got to have significant confidence. I've got a client right now who has a huge opportunity to speak annually in front of really qualified clients. And she's totally dragging her feet on it because in her mind, she doesn't see herself as a speaker. There's not enough confidence there. And I've got another client who routinely gets up in front of audiences of hundreds and thousands. And she's a member of the national speakers association and a part of their hall of fame. I know both women very well and both have great solutions for their clients. The only difference between the two is their ability to self-develop confidence. Um, and their bank accounts are a little bit different too. It takes guts to get on stage and proclaim yourself an expert and open up to the potential ridicule by people you'd like to sell to. Now, if you want to position yourself and I've written extensively and, and talked about on recordings and in webinars about the importance of the link between your positioning and your ability to attract clients and command premium fees. You can't get that positioning from credentials or licenses and or certificates. The length of that chain of little letters after your name, all the degrees and everything you have, those are great. It's evidence of your expertise, but it doesn't position you as an authority by itself. Only you can do that. Only you can go out and grab that. And that requires you to be confident. So let's talk about how to develop your confidence muscle. The solution to all of this is to develop your ability to self-generate confidence. I believe this is the one killer skill in business and frankly, in life, everything else is built on it. And when I share with you how to do it, it's so simple. You won't want to believe it. So if you're ready, here it is. Track your wins. The biggest flaw in future thinking entrepreneurs is our focus on the future. 
we see what we're out there trying to create. You look out at, you look at where you are, which is not quite to the finish line yet. And you say, wow, there's a lot more to do. I got a lot further to go. Let's get busy. And away you go. You're working towards that future, never giving yourself credit for what's been accomplished to get you to today. And I don't mean the big stuff, though that's important, but you don't give yourself credit for the little steps every day along the way that are wins for you, that move you forward. Until a few years ago, I was particularly bad at giving myself credit for anything, always looking at what needed to happen next. And that's a formula for always feeling stuck, even when you're making great progress. Worse, it prevents you from really discovering what's worked well and what should be carried forward. So here's how to get out of that trap and build that confidence muscle. Record your wins every day. Really, I mean it, write them down. Write down three to five things at the end of every day. Personal wins, professional wins, really doesn't matter. Your confidence muscle doesn't care. Write them down in a journal, on a scrap of paper, wherever. I like to write them in a journal because then I can review back over time. And I can tell you when, when I get into situations that are particularly difficult, I will go back and review weeks or months worth of those wins to help reinstill all of the progress that I've made. And, um, and it will immediately take your mind from a place of fear and worry and put it immediately into a focus on success and all the things that you've done well leading up to the, that point. So let's talk about what a win is. I mean, this is simple stuff. It's, it's about nine fifteen in the morning. As I do this, my wins so far for the day are, uh, I dropped off, uh, our daughter's car to get fixed and talk to the mechanic. And he actually gave us a lot better news and a different way to look at, at getting this, uh, rather old car, but still reliable car, um, working again. And, and, uh, so that was a win, uh, better news than what we thought. And had I not gone and taken that action and spoken with him about it and shared my concerns, then, uh, I wouldn't have gotten that great advice. Um, another win is recording this podcast. Uh, I've been procrastinating on it for three or four days. I'm not clear on what I wanted to talk about today. And, uh, and, and I'm so happy that I'm here and, and recording this for you. And so that's a big win. And, uh, and I'll have more wins as we go throughout the day today. And I know that I'll have them and I'll record them at the end of the day. It doesn't always have to be a big thing. And that's the key. Most people look for the giant wins, the, Hey, I scored a touchdown and I got to spike the ball in the end zone. And it was the game winning touchdown. And we walked off and we won the Super Bowl. And that's all they're ever looking for to give themselves credit. It's got to be that level, but just going and executing one simple thing. Well, even if you do it all the time is a win. Now is logging your wins. The only way to boost confidence. No, it, absolutely not. In the past, I've found that physical exercise, especially strength training, it works very well to give you similar confidence boosts. And I think these things work together. So anything that you can do to give yourself that edge, I recommend that you go and do, but be conscious about approaching your confidence. Most people aren't conscious about it and simply becoming conscious about it, putting it in the forefront of your mind is going to make you better at it. Now let's talk for a minute about the benefits of increased confidence. One of the reasons I think this is such an important topic is that I've seen both the self-inflicted inflicted pain caused by a lack of confidence and the rapid and profound transformation in performance in someone who had once been afflicted by that, that lack of confidence. Um, and it's amazing to watch entrepreneurs 
make these changes and then take this simple daily practice and use that as a way to begin to build momentum and move forward. It's almost like flipping a switch. And one close friend land recently a six figure deal after we talked through the, the negotiations in advance. And we took a minute to, to identify the things that she had done well recently, unrelated to this, but just the successes she'd had recently and brought them back to mind. Now, one of the main focuses as then we went and talked about this new negotiation was focusing on all, all of the things that she was doing that were so valuable to this client or would be so valuable to this client. Um, as a result, she decided to raise her price by 50%, 50%. She added some additional conditions to the deal that kind of trained the client in how to be a great client so that they got the most value out of it. And before that, she had been a little bit timid about doing that. And the, the client was wanting to do some things that really weren't in their best interest, but they didn't realize it. And so she, she then had the confidence to put those extra conditions on the deal. And without having that confidence boost going in, she would have settled for a lot less money and a set of conditions that would have made life really, really difficult for her and for her team working on the project. And, you know, if she keeps that client for two years, which is very likely to happen, she's going to put another hundred grand to her bottom line without any additional work, simply by working on her confidence and her ability to see the value that she's bringing because we made it conscious. We brought it out of her head and put it on paper where she could observe it objectively. One final story on this. And I think this is important. A very, very good client of ours who has been a client for a long time, who has been executing our referral strategy consistently month after month after month, got on one of our calls recently and didn't feel like things were working as well. And he felt like he wasn't making progress. Uh, which is often how this lack of confidence shows up in a conversation is you may talk in terms of feeling like you're, you're stuck or not making progress. So before, you know, we, we went along with him and said, let's ditch the entire effort. I started asking a few questions. I asked him how many referrals did he have in the last two months and how many of those turned into sales conversations. And then of those, or excuse me, in conversations on the phone, and how many of those conversations turned into sales meetings and out of the sales meetings, how many became clients and, and then how much did those new clients pay you? So really all we did was we logged his wins through this process and by pulling them out on his head and putting them on paper where he could observe them objectively, here's what we found. He was having conversations with 20 to 25% of all the referrals that he was getting and he's getting about 50 referrals a month. And about half of those turned into sales meetings, eight of 10 of eight out of, of 10, about 80% who went into a sales meeting came out as a client and his average client value is a little bit North of $4,000 per client. So the cost to get one of those clients is $250. So he's investing $250 to get a $4,000 sale. It's a pretty good deal. He was going to scrap that whole process until we sat down and we logged the wins and we looked at this objectively, he now had the confidence to continue that marketing effort. Imagine what it would have cost if he allowed his perception and his lack of confidence in that process to kill it on that spot. He'd have cut off a, an extremely profitable source of new business with really nothing to replace it with. Now you may be wondering what about all the losses? Um, I'll be honest. You should completely ignore them, learn from them. They're educational opportunities, 
But once you've extracted whatever lesson you can get out of it, let it go. Put it behind you. I'm a big believer in, and I practice what Napoleon Hill called accurate thinking. And you still have to accurately assess your situation, but you know, don't, so don't totally ignore the, the negative things that happen, but understand that your attachment of a negative connotation to it is your attachment of that connotation most of the time. And we often will attach a greater negative connotation to something than it actually has. Now, I want to give you one caution before we wrap up. Everything that I've shared with you in this episode is completely common sense, and you've probably heard parts of it elsewhere. The tendency is just to dismiss it because it seems like you already know this information or because it really, you know, you think it can't be that simple. The value of this information isn't in the information itself. It's in taking it and creating that one small habit of logging your wins every day. That's it. It's all you need to do. Your brain is already set up to do the rest of the work. It's designed for that. But the danger you face is in dismissing the idea of actually doing this one little small action. It's one thing to know it. It's another to do it. The results only come when you do it. So I'm sure out there as you're listening to this, heads are nodding. Yeah, we get it. We've got to go do this. But um, I'll be honest, I've held off sharing this for months because I'm not a big fan of just solution. I wanted to give this to you in a way that that you could take action on it in a practical sense very quickly and get quick results. And the best way that you can do that is to begin logging those wins, begin giving yourself credit for the success that you're having, the little successes every day. And it's going to make getting to that bigger level of success much, much easier. Hope this has been helpful and we'll be back next week with another episode.